now means it's time for History Matters. Joined by Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire, to look back on this week in history. Good morning. Good morning, Aaron. It was a heavy sigh. It how was. You, how well, are you doing? Because there's so much history. You know, <laughs> it is sigh-worthy. <laughs> we have to... And uh, this week has just... It's just full of really interesting... Well, every week is. But every week I kind of have a skeptical attitude. No, there can't be anything really that interesting. But there is. Um... This is the week when, almost 40 years ago, uh, uh, Richard Nixon announced he would resign on uh, August 8th and did because he was involved in illegal activities, trying to find out what the Democrats were doing and ordering a break-in and, uh, and, and then trying to cover it up. You know, this is one of those things like, oh, yeah, we can look at history and say these things don't go far. Yeah. Um, this is also a week on the same day, uh, on, on August 9th, when Nixon resigns. Well, in 1936, something even better happens. And that's Jesse Owens wins his fourth gold medal at the 1936 um, uh, Olympics in Germany. Now, you know, the Nazis were not only thinking of themselves as the uber race and um, not to be, conf uh, be confused with Ubers or Uber drivers, but um, they uh, also not only had uh, an animus against uh, Jews, it was also anybody else of color. Mm. And so Jesse Owens blows that wide open. Of course, in 1935, he'd already done that at the collegiate level, uh, establishing uh, world records up in Grand uh, Rapids, Michigan. Um, and then when he comes to Berlin, um, he does this. Uh, and breaks four world records, four gold medals. Um, and we'll talk more about him next month when his birthday comes up. But at least it's worthy to say great things can happen uh, uh, and amazing things, especially in August. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Weren't expecting that, were you? kind of threw that one in there at the very end. It's really significant that like, he did this at the Olympics and specifically in Berlin because I would assume that as the Olympics award the ceremony yeah. to various cities years in advance, so they would have right. awarded the Olympics to Berlin yes. well before the Nazis took over and then they are able to use it as this like showcase for themselves and for Jesse Owens to come in in that context and, and win all those gold medals That's is a right. really powerful oh, statement. Oh, it is very powerful. And it wasn't, he wasn't trying to make a statement. He was just incredibly talented, incredibly fast. And we'll talk more about his life, not only before, but after uh, the Olympics uh, next month. A lot of the best statements are made by people who are just doing their thing, right. I think. just like, doing their thing. You think, uh, you think I can't. I'm just going to go ahead and show you that I can. Okay. Well, then, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> I dare you. Well, this week is a good one uh, for that. There's a, a woman... This is the 70th anniversary, not only of WCHL, but of a woman, Anne uh, Davidson, uh, who did an extraordinary thing in 1953. Uh, actually, it was before then, 1952, but 1953, she arrives in the United States. Now, you think, okay, but from where? From England. And it's sailing a boat. First woman to sail across the Atlantic by herself. Um, and it was really to prove something to herself. It wasn't trying to make a statement of, I'm the first woman to do this or anything else. It was because she felt compelled to do it. Now, when she was uh, born and she grows up, she really gets into horses and then to flying. She flies into an airport in England, meets her future husband there, and it should have ended there. They live happily ever after, except World War II comes along. Mm -hmm. So that theme creeps in here. And the government takes over the private airports. So she and her husband buy a little island off the coast of Scotland. They stay there through the duration of the war. After the war, 
they say, you know, let's do something new. Let's go across the Atlantic, and they buy a 70-foot sailing yacht to do that. They outfit it. It's not complete when they start sailing right into a gale. Um, they found her on the coast of Ireland, and unfortunately, her husband uh, tragically dies, mm. and she is very near death but survives. And you think that should have been it. Instead, she de is determined, I'm going to complete this voyage. And so this little boat uh, that's not, not more than 30 feet long, she begins to sail. And I have to say, she's a terrible sailor. <laughs> <laughs> she's a terrible. She starts in May and then gets delayed. Her boat breaks down. And the one thing she recounts in several of the books that she writes later on is the kindness of strangers uh, was just such a, a warming element. I think of Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan there hanging from the rigging, you know, in the face of the hurricane. Well, that's kind of like her. Finally, it's like November, like the worst time you'd think of crossing the Atlantic. She does so. She doesn't have a radio. She has a compass. She's just a determined sailor. She gets across, and then she, uh, because the storms keep blowing her off course, finally uh, she lands at uh, uh, Dominica, and uh, she, that establishes her record as being the first person to cross. Wow. But that's not it. She also sails up the intercoastal waterway to New York, and then on, the, and on August 7th, 1953, down to Miami, Florida. Now, that should have been the end of the story, and it was in terms of her. She was done sailing. She said, had the experience done. She doesn't sail as far as we know after that. Okay. Uh, she marries a fellow down there uh, who's a photojournalist and lives kind of happily ever after. They raise exotic cats. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so that's how that story yes. began. But okay. the boat, the, here's the cool thing. The boat goes through several hands. Finally, it's found, and it's up near uh, Washington, a state, how it got there is like, if only the boats could talk, it's refurbished, and now it is a training boat in Puget Sound. Isn't that amazing? Wow. It's one of the more interesting stories. Like, I wonder what that like harrowing journey to get a boat across a continent is, yes. and how much more difficult or less it would have been than to get it across like the actual ocean <laughs> that it, it was it's intended to sail in. another astonishing story. This game of the, the boat itself uh, having a, an additional life uh, well Man, can you imagine like being the like poor tourist just driving on the interstate, <laughs> just wanted to get where you're going, and you're stuck behind this giant 30-foot boat yeah. being towed what the heck is that? through is Missouri? That that's right. There's one thing to sail a boat, but to get the boat across the country, that's a whole different... Think like wide-load sign yeah. behind it. Yeah. Yes. So that's one of those good stories of somebody who just did it, not trying to prove anything except... She wanted to complete this voyage. Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, History Matters. We've got time for one more. We got? Okay. Um, here is one that um, uh, I think I'll, I'll mention because it, it's just kind of fun. We always like these odd names. Theophilus Van Kennel. That's not a real name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Theophilus Van Kennel, born in 1841. Now, doesn't have a birthday this week. Uh, lives to 1919, but here's the thing. And we've talked about this. Sometimes you, you invent something, and it's like, oh, now we have to invent something else. Okay, so in the 19th century, as it gets towards the... Uh, the latter part of the 19th century, skyscrapers uh, begin to be developed. Mm -hmm. uh, you have elevators, but one of the big problems is a chimney effect that occurs in the skyscrapers when you open the doors. It just blows in, uh, the uh, sucks in uh, anything on the street. It could be dust, uh, snow, ice, whatever. Well, Theophilus Van 
Campbell, who does not have a big track record here. Uh, he's 47. He comes up with a, an invention, and a patent was granted uh, this week on August 7th uh, that gave him a, a patent for a revolving door. Now, that's something we think, what? There's, there's somebody invented this? Yes, he did. And uh, as a result of that, uh, skyscrapers then could uh, have more control of having their, not having things blown into the building. Interesting. And, which is, is something we're still using today in large buildings to control the climates between uh, the building inside and outside. I like and it's like a, there's a practical purpose for the revolving very. door, and it's not just like a fun thing you can walk through. Because no. like, everyone <laughs> loves walking through revolving doors, but well, it, it has an actual purpose as yeah, well. It does. He, he did invent uh, something that was fun. It was kind of, it was called a uh, something, a, a wiki wave, and it was uh, witching waves. It was an amusement park at Luna Park in Coney Island in 1907, and it produce the effect of waves. So you're on a boat and you'd get these right. waves, which, you know, I guess they still use that in cruise ships and uh, too, uh, for that matter. So <laughs> <laughs> all trays back to this fellow, Theophilus Van Kennel. And anybody else who wanted to do something just because uh, they wanted to do it, whether it's Ann Davidson uh, or it's uh, Jesse Owens, you can do whatever your dreams pull you towards. And that is how history matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much. Thank you.